This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. Hey guys, how are you going? So awesome to have you with us this morning for church. I hope you guys are doing really well. We're very excited to be able to go through a new series called Real Life, and we're going to look at the three functions of Jesus Christ, priest, prophet, and king. So it's going to be an awesome time to go through that. I want to read a few scriptures out to you guys. I'm going to have the opportunity to talk to you about Jesus as a pro, uh, sorry priest, um, and we're going to look from the book of Hebrews out of chapter 4. So let me read it for you. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you're a person who likes to put headings onto sermons, uh, you can name this one VIP Access. You know, my brother used to uh, work for Hyundai and one day he came to me and said, hey, you know what, Ben, would you like some tickets to Hyundai A-League soccer? And I'm a, I'm, I love soccer. I've grown up playing soccer. Um, so yeah, I just snatched the tickets off him. He says, there's two tickets. I uh, can take a friend with you and you can go into the VIP box um, and have access to that. And when he said that, I could, I pretty much just want to do a backflip. You know, I was just so excited about that because I've, I've never had the ability to go to a VIP box um, sort of area or access to that area because just above my pay grade pretty much and you know it costs a lot of money and um, it's just very hard to get into that so I was like you know got the two tickets and it was awesome so I took a friend and as we were approaching the stadium I saw a guard there and the guard kind of had a look at and my friend and I and just went kind of looked up and down <laughs> and see what we're wearing and I just realized from that point uh, actually I'm underdressed to go into this VIP access and so it kind of dawned on me and this cold sweat kind of broke out I'm like oh no I should have actually wore a suit um, I'm here just like a full rookie uh, in sort of natural <laughs> uh, low-key clothes and the the dress code there is you need to wear collars and suits and all that kind of stuff like that but I had the two tickets so I showed the lady look these are my two tickets and she just had to let me in so when we got in there and uh, you know, I really was come face to face with the fact that, you know, I don't actually belong here. <laughs> I saw people dressed in suits and, you know, it was just, it was an amazing experience. Even though I was really grateful to be there, I knew that I didn't belong here. And so I was, yeah, went in, we didn't have to even line up for food, which was crazy. You can just get food straight away. So I got as many hot dogs as I could and watched the game. It was just such a great experience and something that, you know, it was really, um, I felt really grateful and really, um, yeah, just thankful for the fact that I could be there uh, because I knew that usually this is not something that I can come to or a place that I'm even really fully welcome at, especially the dress as, as a rookies we were. You know, Jesus, our priest, um, and that's a topic for today, gives us access, VIP access, to the most holy of holy places. And to understand Jesus, as the scripture here says, the high priest the great high priest. We actually need to understand quickly uh, in the old covenant what the functions of priests were. You know, God was intending for Israel to be the high priest or priests to the whole nation. And what is a priest? It's a consecrated person that, that is set apart for God. But when Israel got into the covenant of law with God, um, the nation which was gathered around God's presence paradoxically was also excluded from God's presence too. So Israel was made to be known as a nation that gathered or harbored God's presence on earth. And yet because of the law that they had, they were actually excluded from God's presence because of their sin. 
And so what God did was he used Aaron to be a mediator, which is another um, understanding of what a priest actually is, a mediator between God's presence and the nation of Israel. And for a priest, there's two elements. Firstly, you need to have high caliber. You need to have high character. Uh, you need to be a person who's not full of sin and erring all the time. And also, you need to have the mediatorial ability to be able to account for people's sins of ignorance and purposeful sins as well. So the tabernacle that was in Israel, they built a tabernacle, was this, um, it was a design given to Moses on the mountain that was the design that was patterned after the real tabernacle that we have in heaven. And in the tabernacle, you had the outer courts and the inner courts. And what the high priest would do once a year, chosen out of uh, the tribe of Levites after Aaron's lines sort of went through. Uh, so Aaron was a high priest and then it was a tribe of Levi who they were given the right to be the high priests and actually make sacrifices to the people. They would enter the Holy of Holies, which, was, which had the mercy seat and which had the Shekinah glory and the cherubim all over it and to sacrifice not only for themselves, for the nation of Israel. And this was a really um, tense time for Israel because if the priest didn't get it right, the whole of Israel would be affected by that if the sacrifices weren't good enough. And so every single year, Aaron and the Levitical priests, and this is where you get the term Levitical priesthood in, um, in scriptures, it, they would every year uh, make sacrifices of bulls and goats and sheep for the sins of the people. However, God was not satisfied with this order. God was not satisfied with the fact that every single year the blood of the bulls and goats could never make perfect his people. The reason why he wasn't satisfied was because if his people weren't perfect, then his presence could not truly be with him. He'd always need some sort of mediator. And God wants to get close and intimate with his people. So he spoke through Jeremiah saying that he's going to establish a new covenant. This new covenant is going to have a new high priest. It's going to have a new order. God was not satisfied with the fact that his people, his nation of Israel, could not come to him because of sin. And because God's a holy God, they could not come to him. They could not come in between the curtain. And David prophesied in Hebrews uh, 1.10 and said that, um, the Lord said to my Lord, come sit at my right hand. And David saw this prophetic vision of this new high priest that was coming. There was a different order than the priest that belonged to the Levitical priesthood. And this new priest would be in the order of Melchizedek. Now, you might be asking the question, who is Melchizedek? And, and what is actually the writer of Hebrews nine times use this guy, Melchizedek? You know, the way that the Hebrew writer here writes about Melchizedek, you'd think that all the law and the prophets, uh, Melchizedek was present in pretty much all the books because he writes, he makes a really big point that actually this this uh, this Jesus Christ, the, the one that David prophesied about, he's going to bring a new order, a new high priest, unlock Aaron and unlock the Levites and the ones that can only access the uh, curtains once a year. He's going to be a new priest, but he's going to be a priest in the order of Melchizedek. It's specific. Okay, so who was Melchizedek? Well, you'd be surprised to know that he only appears in the Old Testament twice. You know, once in Genesis and once when King David um, speaks of him in Psalms 110. And so when he appears to uh, Abraham, Melchizedek, in, um, in Genesis, he's kind of like this mystical figure. And some scholars have actually said that he may have been the pre-incarnate Christ, which means he appeared before he actually appeared on earth, before he actually appeared in the Gospels as a baby. And Abraham knew that this guy was important. You know, this guy had something about him that, you know, it, he, he had respect. And Abraham actually gave a tithe to Melchizedek. In, we find the story in Genesis. After Melchizedek had come from slaughtering the kings. 
and he was a king of Salem, which is a king of peace, and his name means righteousness. And so Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And in the story, it, it shows like there's this reverence for Melchizedek because he doesn't have mothers or fathers. He doesn't have a genealogy or anything like that. He's kind of this mystical figure, but he's a high priest to God. And, you know, when I'm reading this as a Jewish person, um, I'm thinking, well, only priests that come out of the Levitical priesthood can really be legitimate priests and legitimate high priest. And the argument that the Hebrew writer is making is actually that's not true. Because in Genesis we find a high priest that has nothing to do with the Levitical line. And so this Melchizedek that we find, he is a kind of like a pattern of another priest to come that does not belong to the line that God appointed in the law covenant through Aaron and the family or the tribe of Levites. He's actually going to come from a different line. Because if you read through Jesus' genealogy, he actually comes from the line of Judah. He's a line of Judah. And so he's got no right to be a priest. And so the Hebrew writer nine times uses Melchizedek to, to destroy the argument that Jesus Christ is not a legitimate priest, but actually he's a higher priest than the Levites. He actually even uses his analogy that when Abraham gave tithes, to Melchizedek, Levi was in his loins, he was in his line, and they were actually giving tithes to Melchizedek as well, which means there is a priesthood out there before, um, uh, before all the, 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 the Mosaic law and all that kind of thing uh, that was higher than the priesthood of the Levites. And so this priesthood was going to bring in a new order. The order that we had, God was unsatisfied with, the new order that God wants to give, he is satisfied with. And this, this new order is going to be brought by Jesus Christ in the order of Melchizedek. It's going to be a completely new order, which means a new covenant, and a new covenant, which means there's new promises attached to this high priesthood. And so you might be wanting to ask the question, well, if, G if God was you know, uh, not satisfied with the old Levitical priesthood and he is satisfied with this new priesthood. And then the fact that the Hebrew writer says, actually, there's new promises that are attached to this priesthood. They're way better than the Levitical priesthood. What are the promises that we have? And so what I want to draw out with you uh, just quickly here, and I want to give you an invitation as well, is some of the promises, the beautiful promises that we've received that are so far better than the nation of Israel has received through Jesus Christ being a high priest who has ushered in a new agreement, a new covenant. And the first promise is this, you have radical access to the presence of God. You know, sometimes we, you know, I grew up in the church and um, we take the fact that we get into God's presence for granted, you know. The fact that we Gentiles and not um, the Israelites have access to the full, nothing left out, presence of God is a radical thought. You know, if you were a Jewish person listening to this, it was only the tribe of Levi out of the 12 tribes of Israel that were allowed to be priests. And out of those priests, it was only the high priest that was allowed to go into the inner courts to experience the full presence of God. And it was only once a year. And, you know, so it was completely exclusive. And King David, who wasn't from the tribe of Levites, in Psalms 27, he says, the only thing that I desire is to go into the inner courts and to behold your glory. Even someone like that who had a heart after God was not allowed to go into the presence of God. And you know, even the, the, some of the audience of the Hebrew writers may have been ex-priests. 
they may have been priests who believed in Jesus Christ but got excommunicated from Israel and they were dispersed and under persecution. I thought, how can we worship God? How can we get into his presence? Because the temple was in Israel. And the Hebrew writer is saying here, you don't need a temple that's in Israel. You can access God from right where you are, even in your dispersion. And the priest would have been like, well, I'm not a high priest. I'm only like just a common priest and says, yes, even you. And the priest would have been so, the priest who were listening to this would have been so encumbered with awe saying that they can actually go into the presence of God as well, not being a high priest. And they would not have taken it for granted. And sometimes I think we take it for granted. The fact is that you can go into the full presence of God anywhere you are, eating your cereal, watching the TV in your Ugg boots, when you're uh, at work or when you're trying to discipline your kids and they're running amok, or when you're running your business at any point, at any time, 24-7, you don't have to wait for once a year and be of a certain tribe. You get to go into the presence of God. And we need to have a hunger like King David did for the presence of God because you have access. You have access to that presence of God. And since we have access to the presence of God, and this brings me to my second uh, benefit of this new covenant, we get to have a clean conscience to go into the presence of God and he cleans us up. You know, um, sometimes we try to deny the fact that there's sin. And the Christian message is that sin does exist, but there's also a way to be clean. You know, you can run away from your sins as much as you want. You can try to drown out your sins or just believe that your sins don't exist, but your conscience will tell you that it does. God has given a conscience to every single person and your conscience is sometimes, the scripture said, is seared, so it has no ability to respond to the sins that are causing death in our life or it has a guilt attached to it. And so many of us are running around with guilt but we're trying to drown it out and it could be with uh, going out with friends or, or trying to be distracted or, or the plenty of distractions that we have in our um, culture or it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be relationships. Um, it could be so many things that you're trying to run away from this guilty conscience that you have in your spirit. And yet there's no way to get rid of that guilt in your spirit apart from the high priest. You know, it says here in Hebrews, um, let us draw near to, with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and grace and help in time of need. A lot of the times we don't want to come to God's throne. We don't want to come to the radical access that we've got. It's because you believe and we believe that we're going to, as we go into God's presence, he's going to judge us. You know, in the old covenant, behind the curtain, there was this thing called the mercy seat. And the mercy seat meant that if you would sacrifice properly, God will have mercy on the nation of Israel. But the Hebrew writer here doesn't actually mention the mercy seat. He mentions the throne of grace. Can you see what our incredible high priest has done? He's changed from the old covenant to the new covenant, which was a mercy seat, and he's upgraded it to a throne of grace. You see, we don't come to a mercy seat when we come behind the curtains into the inner sanctum, into God's presence. We come to a throne of grace. And you've been, you might be asking, well, what's the difference? And here's the difference between mercy and grace. Mercy means that God's hand of judgment was on you, and he took it off. He was about to punish you, but he took it off. Grace means that his, hand, his other hand comes under you and lifts you up and empowers you to be everything that he knows that you can be. You see, when we come to the tabernacle, when we come to his presence, we're not actually coming to a mercy seat. You're not going to find a hand that wants to judge you. You're not going to find a hand that wants to punish you. You're not going to find a hand that wants to uh, push you down. Um, 
and you're, not gonna, you're actually not going to find that hand at all. He's not pointing at you. He hasn't got his fist clenched at you at all. You're actually coming to a place where you're going to find a hand that lifts you up and empowers you to be the person that God knows that you can be, to help you in your sin. And it says here that we may find grace in help and help in a time of need. The word help there means urgent help to an urgent problem. God is not going to, when you come to him and before him in his presence, he's not going to judge you. He's not going to call you on your sin and make sure that you know that you're a sinner because the new covenant says that his, your sins will be remembered no more. This is part of the new covenant that we have. This is part of the benefits that we have of this new covenant rather than the old covenant. He remembers your sins no more. But yeah, Ben, I've got sins down here. Yes, the fact that he remembers your sins no more will give you power of the fact that you have sins down here to actually accomplish, um, to get rid of those sins. Sorry. See, we come to a throne of grace, not a mercy seat. We've come to a better covenant. This is how Jesus Christ was reformed. The old tabernacle, the, the, the shadow with the real tabernacle. And so he wants you to come and he doesn't want you to clean yourself up first. He wants you to come as you are. And as you come as you are, you're going to find the fact that you have mercy, which is his handoff and grace to lift you up, even in the midst of when you feel like you're sinning or you're stuffing up or you're, or you're failing in every single area, whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in um, addictions or whether it's between your relationship with your kids or whether it's in your work or whether it's in your mind or whether it's all these feelings that you have, whether it's anger, frustration, bitterness, lust, whatever it might be. You don't have to fix that up before you go because he will give you grace, which means he will empower you. He'll take those things off. And the other thing as well is this. When you come into his presence, this radical access into his presence, you're going to find a Jesus who sympathizes with you. Many of the reasons why we don't want to come to God is we simply don't think he understands. We don't want to come to God because we want to, we want to fix ourselves up before we go into his presence or his throne room because we think that he doesn't understand why we're going through what we're going through. Let me tell you something. When you go into the throne room of grace, you know what you're going to hear from Jesus? I understand. He understands why you may be drinking too much alcohol. He understands why you might be gossiping too much or insecure. He, might, he understands why you just fly off the handle. He understands why, you, why you're gossiping. He understands why you act this way in your marriage or you act this way with your kids or you act this way in your business. He understands why you look at certain things. He actually understands and he sympathizes with you because he was tempted in all things, yet without sin, which means he, was, he understands your pain. He, he has the same feelings as you, but he also has the answer to get out of it. The fact that he understands means that he can give you understanding too and why you're doing what you're doing. Sometimes we don't want to come to Jesus because we just simply don't think that he understands why we're going through what we do or why we sin, but he fully recognizes and sympathizes with you. So don't allow this, this thought of, oh, I just can't come to God. I've got to clean myself up before him before I come to God. Don't allow that to happen in your mind because he invites you into a place where he can actually fully clean your conscience, even in the midst of your sin. I'd love to be able to talk about that more, but we need to move on. The third thing is this, and we'll tie it up here. When you have a clean conscience before God, it is powerful. It will give you ultimate rest. You see, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 4, just before this one, uh, the Hebrew writer says that, that there is a rest that is way better than the rest that Joshua had with the nation of Israel in the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. They were slaves for 400 years. They were finally going to get rest. There is actually another rest 
today. And he says, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your hearts to this rest. In the old tabernacle, the only seat that was behind the curtain was the mercy seat. There were no other seats. And it says the reason why there were no other seats there is because the priest's work was never done. They could never rest. They could never fully and finally get rid of a guilt conscience. But Jesus Christ, Aaron, sorry, Aaron would go in and then come out year by year. But Jesus Christ went in once in the order of Melchizedek and he prepared a sin offering once and for all. He does not continuously prepare sin offerings or anything like that. Once and for all. And then what does it say? He went and sat at the right hand of God. There's a seat in the real tabernacle and Jesus Christ is sitting on it. It's because his work is completely finished. See, Jesus didn't come back out again. He went in once and stayed, whereas Aaron would come in and out, in and out, in and out. The Levitical priesthood would come in and out, in and out, in and out. But Jesus Christ went and sat there because the work is finished. God has perfected the saints so that his presence can be with you when you go there. And when you go into the, the inner place this, 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 um, where, where the glory and the presence of God is, you will find rest for your souls because your conscience will be clean. And you will sit down with Jesus. And then when you come back out, you can come into the world and give that rest to the people around you. There is a true rest for us today, Christian. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, there is a true rest today. And if you're hearing God's voice saying, look, I can't, I can't get rid of this guilt conscience. I have to clean myself up. I have to do, I have to dress myself up. I have to have the same dress code, just like in the VIP access. You know, you have the, your conscience looking at you saying, you know, you're going to go into God's presence like that. But you got tickets, mate. you got tickets to go into the inner VIP place and he will clean you up and give you a conscience. You're not going to find a judgment hand there. You're going to find a hand of grace. You're going to find a throne of grace who's going to give you help in the time of need, who's going to equip you, who's going to empower you. This is how... Jesus in the order of Melchizedek has changed the whole game for us. And any person, anywhere, at any time can access God's presence. You will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your conscience. And this is the ultimate, true, final rest that's been offered to the world. And just like the, the nation of Israel, if you hear this word, don't harden your hearts. Come to God as you are. It doesn't matter in the, in the midst of your, your mess. Don't try to clean yourself up. Go there and God will clean you up. He'll empower you and give you help in the time of need. The reason why is because we have a high priest who's so much better than any other priest that we've ever experienced and he's made a way for us in the new covenant and I just pray that this week that you would take advantage of that and allow yourself to be sprinkled clean, to have rest, to fully be alive in his presence and I hope you can access that this week. Bless you guys and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.